This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to the business of blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. If I sound especially excited today, there's a reason for that. We have officially surpassed 20,000 downloads of this podcast, and we are so grateful for all of you who have continued to follow along with this journey. And we're not done yet. There's a lot more ahead in this season of the podcast that will bring you even more innovative stories from the blueberry industry. But today there's another reason for the excitement and that's of course, National Blueberry Month, undoubtedly the best month of the year. So there of course is no one better to have on today's episode than our own Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thank you, it's great to be here. Well, now I know we have a lot going on this month, and I think it would be helpful for everyone to hear from you directly the impact we've seen so far from some of a consumer marketing standpoint. Of course, a cornerstone of our National Blueberry Month activation was a very exciting segment on Good Morning America last week, which for USHBC, attempting to break a Guinness Book of World Record for the title of the tallest stack of pancakes. So Joining Jenny to talk about this is our chef, George Duran, who has been a great supporter of the USHBC programs and a partner and the mastermind behind our attempt to break the Guinness Book of World Records for the tallest stack of pancakes. Blueberry, of course, right? So let's get started with talking about all things National Blueberry Month and what has been done to really capitalize on this important time period for our industry. Absolutely. You know, USHBC's new brand positioning, Grab a Boost of Blue, is certainly a year-round message and consumer call to action, but there are certain tentpole moments in the year that deserve special attention and an extra timely push, if you will. And the major one we are in right now, of course, is National Blueberry Month. And, you know, it's our job at USHBC to be sure to strategically capitalize on this opportunity to make sure that we get blueberries in the spotlight not just for the month of July, but to really get people thinking of the benefits of blueberries year round. As I like to say, we wanna turn blueberry consumers into blueberry enthusiasts. And so for National Blueberry Month, we're using some really great strategic and creative ways to get consumers thinking about blueberries. Of course, our tallest pancake stack challenge that we will talk more about. We're also hosting America's best blueberry pie contest. And we already have more than 125 original recipe submissions, and a winner will be picked and win a $10,000 grand prize by the end of the month. So that's super exciting. And then, of course, social media content all month long, um, as well as on special days like National Blueberry Day and National Blueberry Muffin Day, which we just had on July 11th. And then our social media and use of influencers to reach new audiences. That's really part of our strategy that includes social media giveaways to really drive that consumer engagement. So there's a lot going on and we're really doing the best that we can to take advantage of this very timely opportunity being National Blueberry Month. What's been really exciting to see this year in particular 
about our efforts towards National Blueberry Month is the industry engagement. And I know you've worked hard to develop some of those resources and specifically toolkits for our blueberry industry and our blueberry community. And, you know, even as of yesterday, seeing examples of where companies, wish farms in particular, putting it on billboards, recognizing it in major ways in different parts of the country on celebrating along with us. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that engagement and those examples and what kind of feedback you're getting from our industry partners. Absolutely. You know, I think we're really proud at USHBC, uh, particularly this year, to be able to offer toolkits for the first time with professional advertising assets and tips and advice on how our industry stakeholders can capitalize on what we're doing for the industry on a nationwide basis and use it locally in their own communities or for their own audiences. And our National Blueberry Month Toolkit is our biggest and best yet. Anybody who has been on it, which you can find at ushbc.org slash toolkits, will find recipe cards and videos that they can share, digital ads, social media graphics, consumer tip sheets, step-by-step advice on contacting the media and how to generate coverage. Almost 500 people have visited the toolkit, and we hope that it is of great use really throughout the month um, as we go along with National Blueberry Months. We want to make it as easy as possible to have what I kind of say an advertising agency at your fingertips. And it really was exciting as well to see the engagement that we had from the industry on the pancake stack challenge, which we'll talk about too. But that's really our goal here is not just to be the organization that is promoting blueberries on behalf of the industry. Yes, that is a big part of our job, but it's also important to make sure that this is a collective effort because we can move it so much further beyond if we have the whole industry involved, getting people to grab a boost of blue. Absolutely. I, I think that part, just having that ability to orchestrate and your team quarterbacking that, just really exciting to see. I think a very exciting approach to how we're marketing together going forward. So National Blueberry Day was July Eighth, And while it's exciting that blueberries have their own day and month, that's not all that I'm referring to. On National Blueberry Day, blueberries took a very special center stage on Good Morning America. And it wasn't just for a brief portion of a show like you typically see uh, some segment, but it was for the entire segment. USHBC and our chef, George Duran, built an incredible stack of blueberry pancakes. And now this was for part of an effort to attempt, again, the Guinness Book of World Record for the tallest stack of pancakes. And while we felt just short of beating that record, this was a very monumental day and a milestone for our blueberry industry. George, we were hoping to just grab you today. And if you could just kind of give us some of that behind the scenes, walk us through the day and give us some of those insights on what it felt like for you to be making this massive attempt, this huge initiative to beat the record. Yeah, well, Casey, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, allowing me to work again with the USHBC. Uh, Honestly, in the past, when we've uh, worked together, we've come up with some really interesting recipe ideas like uh, blueberry glazed wings and uh, blueberry dotted pizzas and all these interesting um, recipes that do not compare to the challenge that was, you know, given to me by USHBC of World Guinness Book of World Record, tallest stack of pancakes, um, and of course, incorporating blueberries in them. So the challenge was enormous because the first thing I had to do was do a ton of research. Uh, and so I learned very quickly that the the 
record to beat was three feet, four inches. And in your mind, you may say, well, it's three feet and four inches. How, how tall could that possibly be? Well, as you start building pancakes, even on a smaller scale, you realize that three feet, four inches is a Herculean task to do with pancakes, particularly. So the first thing I had to do is, again, even more research. So I started contacting a physicist at Caltech to give me a little bit more about what the physics is of building something, the structural integrity of the pancakes. So I started contacting uh, some of the test kitchen chefs at uh, King Arthur Flour. And those guys know everything in terms of the molecular component of flour and which flour to use. And then, of course, the integration of blueberries inside of it, which made it a fantastic talking point, considering that blueberries have all this nutrition inside that you can incorporate in pancakes, which is something we don't think about. People just think blueberry pancakes, and you can just dot it with the blueberries. Kids look at it and they think, well, there's fruit in there. I'm not going to eat that because I just want the pancakes and syrup. But once I started blending the blueberries and putting it in the pancake, not only was I getting the fantastic flavors of blueberries, um, it was giving a whole boost of nutrition to my kids as I was testing these pancakes at home. So testing, 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 and feeding, feeding, feeding my kids. Uh, the blueberry <laughs> pancakes was uh, half the fun, of course. Yeah. One of the things that I had to keep in mind was that the pancake had to withstand a lot of pressure because as you're building higher, the weight of the top pancakes are pushing down. And now you want to make sure that the structural integrity of the pancake was there throughout the entire pile or stack of pancakes. I also had to make sure that I followed every single rule by Guinness Book of World Records. And there was so many of them from uh, having to hire a food hygiene inspector to come on set to make sure that all of the pancakes were fit for human consumption afterwards. Finding a soup kitchen, which we were very lucky to have found, Holy Apostles Soup Kitchen, the largest soup kitchen here in New York City, that was willing to take all these pancakes. And there were over 150, almost 200 pancakes that we were able to donate to them as well. And even more hurdles when you consider what the producers at Good Morning America needed for me to do. Uh, there was obviously a lot of COVID restrictions. I was only the third guest to ever set foot in the studios since um, the pandemic started. Uh, and they only limited a certain amount of guests on set as well. So I only had two assistants that can come with me. And of course, I had to think strategically, if anyone needed to assist me with this, who would it be? And instead of thinking, you know, all right, I'll get a culinary assistant, which I usually do with my segments on Good Morning America. I said, no, I need a structural engineer, an architect, somebody. So through a friend of a friend, I was able to procure an engineer to come on set with me so we could think together and start building this. But man, there are times where I said, boy, is this going to work? Boy, it's so hot in here. Am I going to be able to do this? And I think the spark was the moment I stepped foot on the set at Good Morning America. And these guys are amazing. The producers are incredible. They really embraced National Blueberry Day and National Blueberry Month. Because when I stepped foot inside the studios, and Jenny could tell you because she was there, the entire set was blueberries. I mean, the entire set was for me. Even the hosts were from, from another studio speaking to me. And everything was blueberry-themed and pancake-themed. So it was extremely exciting for me to be on that set and have this challenge uh, up ahead of me. This is a great time for us to just take a quick pause for our weekly crop report and get an update from regions that are in the thick of their blueberry harvest. It's time now for your blueberry crop report an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Reporting this week are Matt McCree in New Jersey, Rex Schultz in Michigan, Doug Kramer in Oregon, Brian Sakuma in Washington, and Jason Smith in British Columbia. This was recorded on July 14th, 2021. 
This is Doug Kramer from Oregon reporting for July 14th. Things have cooled off here in Oregon. Been two weeks since the big heat hit. The good news for us is that most of the damaged fruit is starting to fall off the bushes. And so the remaining fruit is good quality and we're moving through those fields and uh, getting that fruit uh, salvaged. So getting some good quality fruit, both for the fresh and for the processed market at this point in time. We have not experienced any fruit rot on any of the damaged fruit. And that was one of our concerns early on. And it looks like that's not going to be a concern in the long run, which we were afraid might happen. So overall, things are going pretty well here in Oregon at this point in time. This is Matt McCree reporting for New Jersey. Uh, this week, the, weather, the temperatures are in the mid-90s and humid with no rain in the forecast for at least five days. Uh, harvest status, most farms are now on the third round of blue crop. The first round of draper is now finished, and Elliott variety is starting the first round this week. And we are starting to see labor move to Michigan. So we will finish up what we have here with the help that we have. And that is all I have to report. Okay, this is Rex Schultz from Michigan with their crop report. The conditions right now, there appears to be a little bit of fruit rot that's popping up because of the rain. And we are seeing some increased numbers in the SWD right now. Uh, right now, our varieties, our early varieties on the uh, Blue Etta and Dukes, and they're uh, getting into their second pick. Our blue crop, we're getting uh, finished up with our first pick here in Michigan. And we'll be probably the end of the week. You know, the beginning of next week, we'll be into the second pick of blue crop. And right now, our yields are a little bit better than we expected at this time. There's um, really few problems being reported by, by many of the growers. And so we're happy with the volumes that we're getting. And we're looking for uh, a little bit of rain over the next couple of days, which could be some storms. So we're just uh, believing and praying that we're not going to have any hail that comes in with these storms. And uh, hopefully, they'll bypass us. But overall, we're um, right about on track with what we've been for production for fresh. And our process is just starting to uh, get into the fields now. So I think we're still going to be relatively about the same volumes as last year, which is right around that 71 to 73 million pounds and about a 50-50 mix. And that's the crop report from Michigan. This is Brian Sakuma calling from the state of Washington. We're located on the west side of the mountains where we've had cooler weathers. We've just started harvesting duke, so most of the growers are probably right at the same point. You know, some of the early fruit that was damaged is probably being knocked off, and if you're going fresh or frozen, there's a little bit higher recovery loss, but the, the good fruit is good. On the east side of the mountains, the temperatures have still been holding at a fairly warm temperatures, 90s, uh, approaching 100 degrees. They're more in the mid-season varieties, uh, mainly in the draper timing. Uh, a lot of fruit is being picked. And like Doug said, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming off. The quality on the stuff right now is, is getting better as they work themselves away from the heat-stressed uh, fruit. The things are looking better as we go forward and getting beyond the, the heat stress period. 
All right, uh, this is Jason Smith reporting for British Columbia today. We're going into a period of cooler weather starting tomorrow for the next uh, week, roughly, which will be nice change. Duke is being harvested now in some areas for fresh. They're going into their second pick while in other areas. Uh, first pick hasn't been done yet for the process market. Fruit quality is really good, similar to Brian and Doug. The, any of the damaged fruit seems to be falling off or being able to be blown out uh, in the, the fans of the harvester. And as well, we're not experiencing any fruit rot issues on that, on that damaged fruit. A lot of the fruit, like it, it's still very firm. It appeared that things were a lot more damaged initially, and the plants seem to be bouncing back because the, the fruit quality is, is quite good right now. So that's what I have for, for my report today. Thank you so much to our growers and our colleagues who take the time to provide these crop reports and offer a glimpse into how things are going in key production regions. For a closer look at what's happening in the blueberry industry, visit ushbc.org forward slash data, where you'll find our data and insights center, including a snapshot view of the USDA data on production and price. Now let's return to our conversation with Jenny and Chef George about National Blueberry Month. It was exciting to see, you know, being able to watch it only here from California, but I know everyone around the country who was tuning in to see uh, what they'd set for you. And maybe you could talk a little bit about what it was like for you personally, as you were on live television. And again, you're, you're there, you're up to the challenge. You've done all the consulting, worked with all kinds of people to come up with the right recipe. What was it like for you to be there trying to do this in front of the entire country? Well, I was as ready as I could be mentally, let's put it that way. Yes, there was a lot of anxiety and a little bit of stress uh, beforehand because there was all these new hurdles we had to constantly uh, jump over. But the moment I got onto set, I was cool and calm. And uh, all I was thinking is, look, this is the best I can do uh, with the limited amount of time that I have. Guinness usually gives you unlimited time to stack the pancakes. But now we have a new hurdle where the GMA producers were saying, well, you only have two hours in the show. So you got to build this in the two hours. All my pancakes were beautifully set up, ready to go start stacking. But now I have two hours. And even while I was making these, the producers were saying, slow down. We want to cover this as the two hours progress. We don't want you to finish it and get to the to the winning um, size. So I had to constantly speak to the producers and then make sure that my pancake wasn't falling and then speak with my engineer friend and make sure we, we were on the right track and pacing it. And honestly, the timing and all of the physics involved, well, ultimately led to, okay, we got to the height, but we could not get to the balance of the stack of pancakes. Um, and even though we weren't able to beat the world record, we accomplished a lot. I know I, I felt like I accomplished an enormous amount of work and I feel like there's going to be another day here. There's going to be another day and hopefully it will be again with blueberry pancakes that I can attempt this record because I know some of my mistakes I know some of my limitations that I had today that are somewhat out of my control. And if I could fix those components, I think I can actually beat the record again. So I'm looking forward to July 2022. 
it seems like the winning recipe isn't those delicious, fluffy blueberry pancakes that everybody loves, although mine were a little bit chewier. It seems like the winning recipe is cardboard-style pancakes, the ones that you definitely never want to receive. And so as I watched the winners of the previous record holder, uh, I started noticing the components of their pancakes, and they literally looked like wet cardboard, or I should say dry cardboard. And that is what a lot of physicists told me. They said, don't make it too soft or don't make it too squishy. Uh, Make sure they're hard as a rock, like you're stacking CDs. And I had to tell to myself, boy, at what point are these going to be inedible? You know, like that's what they would have come out to. And and I think I had to find a balance between inedible and way too tasty. And I found the balance, except it wasn't the winning balance for the stack of pancakes. So I'd go back to the drawing board with the recipe and maybe um, dumb it down or perhaps uh, uh, use less of the um, leaveners that I used uh, for the pancakes. But again, July 2022, we're going to see if we're going to try that again. We're going back at it. Another bite of the apple. Yeah. No, I think it was a fun way to kind of take something that everybody's familiar with, blueberry pancakes, and bring attention to obviously an exciting moment of breaking a world record, but also, you know, during National Blueberry Month where, you know, there's a lot of growers who are working hard right now to bring those blueberries in and just a way to really honor the tradition of picking blueberries, the tradition of growing blueberries and all the Uh, Obviously, the folks that we represent who are a part of this industry, this family, very exciting for them to see you carry that mantle in a forum like that or on a show like Good Morning America really meant a lot to a lot of people. So on their behalf, George, I want to thank you. What was it like to be working with the team there at Good Morning America as you were not just attempting to break a world record, but you were there, you were trying to do something remarkable there with blueberry pancakes? I mean, what was it like with them there watching you try to attempt this work? It was amazing from the very beginning. They were incredibly supportive and uh, they're rooting for me without a doubt. Even the hosts uh, at Good Morning America were just excited about it. And even at the end, when I wasn't able to reach that goal, they all came out of the control room and they were like, that was the most excitement we've had in a long time in the studios. Even if you didn't win, they said that was just so exciting because it looked great on camera. And it just showed the intensity and people were watching and calling or actually uh, tweeting and writing all these comments like, is this going to happen or not? Um, So there was a lot of excitement with that. You know, I hosted a show on TLC called The Ultimate Cake Off, where people build massive amounts of giant cakes for whatever challenges we gave them. And the shows, the episodes that had the largest ratings were the cakes that fell. Those were the episodes that everybody loved to watch. It's funny. They just you see a massive cake fall in a wedding or something like that on video. Of course, it's not your wedding. People just get anxious and excited and they watch more. And I think there was a little bit of that element as well. Not the element of failing, just the excitement to see, is this going to happen? Of course, it would have been wonderful to win. But I think um, we really got the point across that uh, blueberries are a fantastic match with pancakes. And there is still something called gravity on this planet that won't allow you to make a sack of pancakes above three feet and four inches. It's quite difficult. Now, one of the questions I have is, would you make a like a bigger based pancake? Like I was thinking as you were describing earlier, like, well, can it be a two foot pancake? Like, is there limitations at which you can start the base or could you start the base big and just essentially make it look like a blueberry pyramid? 
Guinness Book of World Records has specific rules about the pancake making. And the widest you can make a pancake is 10 inches. So I literally had to purchase a 10-inch cake ring, sharpen it from a knife sharpener. I literally had professional knife sharpener sharpen it for me and then cut out 10-inch pancakes, which, by the way, 10-inch pancakes are massive. You can barely eat one. So, yeah, there were limitations on how wide, 10 inches, or how small, 5 inches, and also how high the pancake can't surpass one centimeter in uh, thickness or height, I should say. So there were a lot of limitations for me there. If I were able to do it uh, two, three feet wide, uh, then yes, then we can kind of build a kind of a pyramid, uh, Eiffel Tower and beat the three feet, four inches, but they had limitations. Well, and at the end of the day, this was definitely a big, big win for our blueberry industry. And what makes it even better is that after all of that effort, it did not go to waste. The blueberry pancakes were edible and safe to eat. And the USHBC was able to donate them to the Holy Apostle Soup Kitchen in New York City after the event. So maybe the two of you could share just a little bit about that experience as well. You know, it was a commitment I know on everybody's part to make sure, like you said, that the stack didn't fall, they didn't hit the floor. Like we wanted zero waste in this experience. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how it was then taking all those pancakes and donating them to the soup kitchen. Well, for me, it was a silver lining, I think. that At the end of the day, this massive amount of blueberry pancakes that we had were actually going to be used for good. And when we visited Holy Apostle Soup Kitchen, uh, by the way, the largest soup kitchen in New York City, and they feed thousands of homeless people or people in need every single day, um, especially because of the pandemic. When we arrived, they were open arms, happy, excited. You know, Good Morning America had purchased, I, I don't know how, what you call it, uh, pallets, bushels, or whatever it is, enormous amount of blueberries to decorate on set. And they asked us, would you take these blueberries? So we were able to take all of those blueberries and the pancakes, wrap them up all hygienically and transport them directly to Holy Apostles. Uh, they loved it. They were extremely happy. Uh, they asked us how I could serve it. I ended up cutting them up and serving it a special way into little cups with syrup and blueberries. And they started right then and there, started up passing them out to uh, some of their uh, clients who were outside waiting for uh, some good, tasty uh, blueberry pancakes. Well, I know we'll, we'll be able to post and share some of the photos that I know we took of that experience there at the soup kitchen. And, you know, uh, I think I even saw a photo of where uh, those special cups were then being presented to everyone that was there. So, Jenny, what was it like from your experience? Well, that part of the day was so special, even for me personally, because I've done a lot of work with the homeless and those in need, and I've done personal meal deliveries and preparations like that. So being at Holy Apostle and hearing and seeing the operation of it was amazing. And the staff was so incredibly appreciative to be able to serve really such a special treat to those that they serve because, you know, the pancakes that were delicious with the syrup and the way that George, I thought geniusly uh, requested that they assemble them because it made a lot of sense. Cause these pancakes were huge, like he said, 10 inches in diameter. And so it was a really creative way to serve them with the fresh blueberries as well with such a special treat. And, you know, one of the women in charge said probably the best, what I consider the quote of the day, which was, record or no record, this is a win for us. And that one moment, I think, and I think George will probably attest to this too, really made it all worthwhile. I want to thank you on behalf of our growers and on behalf of our industry for the work and the time and the personal commitment 
that you made, Chef, in uh, really spotlighting our industry in a really incredible way on national television. So we just really appreciate your continued commitment to our industry and the work you've done in the past. And of course, we look forward to working with you again and again. So thank you, Chef. Thank you. A big fan of blueberries and now more than ever. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you'd like our audience to know before we let you go? I have been covering uh, the making of the stacking of the pancakes on TikTok out of all things. And it's getting like hundreds of thousands of views constantly. So if you want to check me out at Chef George Duran, it's literally Chef George Duran, uh, follow me. And uh, I'm kind of showing some of the behind the scenes and how I grow these, the stack of pancakes and uh, to, to the point where I made them on Good Morning America with a lot of my thoughts, again, behind the scenes. So I'm not surprised that I'm not the only big fan of blueberries out there. There's hundreds of thousands out there who love blueberries as well. Yeah. Well, again, we really appreciate you being such a great ambassador for us. And, and of course, none of this would be possible without a big team effort. So I also want to thank our agency partners at Padilla and Food Mines who have worked tirelessly to put a lot of what we're seeing in place now for National Blueberry Month pieces uh, that our industry's seen. And of course, people have been hearing about as well as making it to the segment on Good Morning America reality. So thank you to them as well. Well, at the end of all of these episodes, I, I like to come back to some key takeaways. And I'll turn to you, Jenny, in terms of uh, takeaways for you and Vice President of Marketing Communications for our industry. What's your takeaway from this activation? You know, Casey, earned media coverage, uh, particularly on a national level, is extremely hard to come by. And it really takes strategy and creativity to make it happen and to make it something that the news outlet sees as worthy to provide to their audience. And we were able to do that as well as calling out the benefits and the fun and the versatility of blueberries. And um, if you really want to look at it from a grab a boost of blue standpoint, it was kind of our first national exposure for grab a boost of blue, if you will. Um, and we had the hats and we had the aprons and all of that, you know, went into it. And that messaging is so important as we go forward throughout the entire year. And using these key tentpole moments is such a creative way of doing that to make sure that consumers are not just thinking about blueberries in July, but throughout the year as a daily part of their lives. And I feel like we did that with this. Absolutely. I, that is actually a really great point, an exciting thing to consider just how, yes, we have these these months and these moments we celebrate, but we've got this great program, Grab a Boost of Blue, that was developed last year that just has legs and calls to action 365 days a year that really took a spotlight opportunity in this activation and very exciting. So job well done. Thank you. And uh, look forward to continuing to wave the flag for the rest of this month and, and the months ahead. So thank you to also all of our industry partners, because we couldn't do this without all of you and all of our industry stakeholders who, you know, we're waving the flag with us and grab a boost of blue is for you. And it's something that we're really proud to be representing out there in opportunities like this. And I know you all are working just as hard to promote and celebrate blueberries during this month and every month. Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to check out our National Blueberry Month Toolkit and the recipes for the stackable blueberry pancakes that you heard about today from Chef George, which you'll find links in our show notes. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.